With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't even know the rules of the game. I'm serious. It always used to be about big cars and bling and all that. It's bringing it straight back to the streets. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was, it was about the streets' early doors, wasn't it? Yeah, but he's bringing it back. Oh, okay. Stormzy. <laughs> you don't get it, guys. <laughs> Stormzy. I'd probably be the first to say, just Stormzy. <laughs> right. I mean... We're ready I've to go. I've got no idea what I was going to say. Oh, for fuck's sake. We don't have a running order. It's man. not a running order. It's more <coughs> a stumbling order. It's a what's, yeah. what's on the back there? Is it okay. bullshit? Hello, welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig. I am joined today by stalwart Dave Watson. Hello. And fellow stalwart Paul Doolan. Hello. And that's it. That's it. How are you doing, guys? Good. Pretty good. good. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Good. So, How are you? I'm all right, Dave. You're well. You're looking well. Am I? Yeah. Good. I uh, arrived here. I was getting. Unlike Paul, I was <laughs> arriving time. a bit early. Right. So I thought, oh, I haven't had any exercise today. I'll get off the bus, bus early. Walked over Waterloo Bridge. Nice. Terrible idea. Oh. Really terrible. It was. It's. Guys, it's freezing out there. <laughs> <laughs> it was raining cats and dogs. It was horrible. You, you genu- if anyone's still listening. <laughs> Hi. He was genuinely bitching about having to stand outside and drink a pint in the pub. Like you do, pub. you do like an alfresco. Oh, I love an alfresco. I find it really odd, Dave's attitude to um, drinking pints at pubs. He like what Dave likes to do is there's a really nice room, but he likes to stand outside that room, and I think that's because naturally you're a servant. <laughs> <laughs> You like to stand outside. You might as well just go to the shop and buy a can, yeah, a special brew. Just... Why stand outside? Go in the pub. No, I don't mind it if we're inside the pub and there's a, there's a table where we can sit or there's a bar that we can lean at. But the only places we could stand inside that pub were on the path to the toilet. And I just couldn't be bothered with getting jostled all the time. Okay. 
with, anyway. with a man uh, with a bladder my size, <laughs> being on the path to the toilet sounds like a good idea. Two games since the last podcast. Yes. The first one... We won't talk about it, it was rubbish. We will talk about uh, it. Fine. Before we get right into it, I should compliment Luke Benson, who yes. predicted a 2-0 loss against Everton, mm-hmm. not far off, and a 1-0 victory against West Brom. The Oracle. The yeah. Oracle. Yeah. Getting back. Yeah, well, not bad at all. 2-0 loss. Unfortunately, it was actually a 3-0 loss. Did yeah. you watch the game? Yeah. Did, Dave, yeah. you watched it? Yeah, did you, Paul? I only saw the highlights, which mm. I was quite pleased. Did you watch the highlights on Sky Sports? They had extended ones. Extended. Yeah. Almost too extended. Yes. I mean, that's what I did. What I did was deliberately didn't find out the result, recorded Ooh. it, and their highlights were virtually 90 minutes. Yeah. So I yeah, sat through the whole game. Mm. <coughs> stayed up till about one in the morning. That was worth it. That was did you feel it. robbed afterwards or annoyed with yourself? I did. I felt a little bit robbed of time. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of Rob, Rob Elliott, weirdly, had an amazing game despite losing 3-0. Yeah, but then it's, it's, when, you, when you get two penalties in one game, it always feels a little bit like a, like a harsh result. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the, you, you're frowning at me. No, I'm just trying to remember. Okay, it, it, it always, because it, if you lose three, I mean, we deserve to lose comfortably. Yeah. Hang on, they got two penalties against us, did they, in that game? Yeah. Yeah. Was it two, two of the goals were penalties? Yeah. All oh, right, I'm trying to remember, you, sorry. They? Yeah. One of them given away by Rolanda Ahrens. And the other one by Jamal Lasell. Right, yeah, correct. And then Lasell got sent off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it always feels a little bit harsh, but... Weirdly, because it doesn't feel like oh they didn't create the the chances that they then scored from they were you know they were penalties and that kind of like I don't yeah I, it might just be me but I always feel like it's a bit I know what you mean but it yeah. one nil would have felt very harsh to them oh yeah yeah they it were comfortably better than us it wasn't like us recently where we create a load of chances and just don't take them very comfortably there were a lot of very good saves yeah 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 it was all in all a terrible performance yeah. yes absolutely. Which is something that we're able to pull out of the bag, it seems, at any stage. We can't, we can't go on any kind of run of form, can we? No, because we, we always... Sorry. I was going to say, uh, any kind of momentum just doesn't seem to apply away from home. Yeah. We, that's what, seven goals in 18 games now away? Was, I'm sure it was seven in 17 last time we spoke. It's just... I don't understand how, with, with the team that we have... It should be really simple to set us up for an away, yeah. for an away game because you've got a big man that you should play up front that who should be able to at least relieve a bit of the pressure at the at the very even if he's putting it out for a throw in for them down the end of the, down their end of the pitch then fine but it was just coming back and back we weren't keeping the ball we weren't using the ball I don't think our centre midfield did anything Shelby I thought was okay. I thought he went missing. He went looking for it a bit. For me, the thing that's common in all these away defeats seems to be Wijnaldum and Sissoko mm. are sort of key players seem to go missing especially. Yeah, Wijnaldum is nowhere near as good away as he is yeah. at home. I didn't think Shelby had a great game. It seems like Shelby's been one-on, one-off 
yeah. yeah so far because it's been one exactly. home one away yeah, yeah. which is odd yeah. it's, it's, when sh- you're a new player to the club why yeah. would it make that much of a difference I mean it could be that uh, Sissoko and Wijnaldum and the lack of Mitrovic limited Shelby's options could be that maybe maybe Jan Matt was told to to hold back so he wasn't allowed to do the the, the ranging runs that Shelby yeah. likes to find maybe it seemed a strange one to start Perez up front. Yeah, I couldn't work that out. That's an odd choice. Perez up front on his own is just... We've tried it before. I don't think it ever really works. No. no well, speaking really. of selection, yeah. after a long time on the sidelines, Rolando Ahrens, back and fit. Mm. The good news, Rolando, you're straight back in the team. <laughs> Bad news, you're in goal. <laughs> You're at left back. I mean, really? Yeah, that's very hard for him. But then this is what happens when you don't sign a left back. Well, I listened to last week's podcast and I think, I don't want to throw out any accusations, but I think we already knew that we were setting ourselves up for a fall recording the podcast three hours before the transfer window closed. But I think the feeling in the air was that we would sign a left back. Even yeah. Newcastle United couldn't be stupid enough not to have a left back. Well, I think there's a difference between not trying for a left back and not getting one. Because I think we did definitely, we definitely did try to get. We a left We did try back, to get a left back, but, but it's that old failed. thing yeah. of oh, we couldn't get it over yeah. the line. Well, maybe fair, don't wait till the last weekend. <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't. And I'm, I know, as you said on the last podcast, he's not a long-term solution in the Premier League at left-back, and he wasn't even at the club at the time. But I would still argue against selling Shane Ferguson. While you don't have a fit left-back at the club, and you don't have one lined up... But he's as much a left-back as Rolando Ahrens, in my view. Yeah, He's not, he's not a Premier League left-back, and he's not even a championship left-back. He's not that good, mate. I'm like, not I, saying I'm just, he's good, but he's a left back. No, he's not though. He's he's a he's, he's a, a left midfielder. He's a left really. midfielder that has played at left back in much the same way as Rolando Ahrens has played at left back. He shouldn't he shouldn't be there. I'm not so sure about that, mate. That's fine. But I think in we were on a bit of a high in last week's podcast because we'd signed some players and mm. beaten West Ham. Yeah. Whereas the week before, I think we were very negative and saying we wouldn't sign the striker we want and we wouldn't bring a left back in. It's, it's typical of our club. We only seem able to sign midfielders. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but every window... Perhaps we're is... cursed. It's a really specific yeah, curse. Yeah, it's very specific. <laughs> <laughs> but then, to give Aaron's his due, and I, I, I mean, if, if we want to go over the Everton game, more we can do, but skipping forward to the, the West Brom game, I thought my biggest fears about Aaron's was, were that he was going to get um, muscled off the ball uh, when when balls were delivered deep, yeah. I was worried because West Brom have got big, strong, physical players. I was worried that he would get muscled. I was also worried that his positional sense wouldn't be great. And there were there were a couple of times, like for the 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 the, the Stephen Taylor block where the ball yeah. goes down the right and it's cut across, and it's I think it's for McLean and Stephen Taylor did an amazing block to stop it. That was Aaron's fault because he was out of position. Um, I was, but for the there majority of the game, he was all right at, at left back. Not again. West Brom was shit. Like we we can't get away from the fact West Brom were as bad against us as as we were bad against Everton. Right. It was that level of crap. 
Aaron's did okay. There was a moment where he managed to shoulder barge Gardner off the ball, yeah. which I'd not expected to see at all. He just mm. like, he looked deceptively In, yeah. strong, but he did almost give a penalty away as well. He did, he yeah. He tackle yeah. right on the edge yeah. of the box. Yeah. He's not a long-term solution. No, no, not at all. But he, he's more of a solution at left-back than, for example, Goufran, Saive, Colback. Yeah. Um, I'd probably have Domit in ahead of him just because I'd Domit's probably have Colback at left-back ahead of him. Really? Yeah. I just One of the best things I, I enjoyed in the West Brom game was that we pegged their right flank back. And again, I know it was they were shit. But we did peg them back. And when, when the balls were being delivered by Rolando Ahrens, mm. he's got a great delivery of a ball. And that's a, that's a really useful tool to have. So that if, if, if Townsend drags two of their defenders into the corner and then pulls the ball back for the fullback, it's not Paul Dummett who can't put in a ball. Yeah, weirdly, I him and Townsend. one particular ball that Dummett put in about three months ago that <laughs> yeah. I thought was great. Yeah, that one, yeah. yeah. I but, think he was trying to tackle somebody at the time. But I think Aaron's and Townsend looked like a decent partnership in a way. Not that it's in any way a medium or long-term answer. No, yeah, yeah. But it, was, it showed an attacking side that we don't have from Dummett. But I think and it's an odd situation that we're in, maybe in the world of modern football, where when you talk about fullbacks, it's all about what they can do in terms of attacking, mm. when their primary job is to defend. Well, not, well, yeah, I suppose... If you look at people like Jamie Carragher... He's a centre-back. Who played at least half his career at right-back. It's the growth of the inside forward, though. You don't get traditional wingers as much anymore. Well, so speaking of inside in. forwards, I guess that's what you call Townsend. Um, yeah. How did, you, how did you rate Townsend's performance in, in the last two games? Boys, I don't think you can judge him on the Everton game. I think, um, and I because don't think shit. <laughs> well, but then the whole team yeah. was no, diabolical. True. Like we can't get away from the fact that every the only person on there who came off with any, you know, self respect was Rob Elliott. I don't think anybody did their job in the Everton game. In the West Brom game, everybody did their job, and I oh. thought he looked. Very, very good in parts, but yeah. also a couple of blind alleys he ran down, and there were a couple of times where maybe he wanted the glory rather than the. Well, there's a few Spurs fans that I know who've said the problem with Townsend is he'll just sprint, cut inside, shoot, and miss by a mile. Yeah. And he already looks to be doing slightly better than that. He hit the post, mm-hmm. he looked quite decent. That is very much his reputation, yeah. that is his catchphrase, so to speak. Mm. Yeah is to come inside and take a shot. But I thought it was a pretty good performance against West Brom from him, and like you say, he did hit the post. Before we move entirely off the Everton game, a few weeks ago, apologies to whoever it was, I forgot, there was somebody who got in touch on Twitter who had seen on some Newcastle United forum some people suggesting that when Tim Krul comes back fit, that... Rob Elliott should keep his place and whoever it was getting in touch thought that that was a ludicrous idea. Mm. He thought he was going mad that anyone would think (laughs) that. Do you think he's right or should Rob Elliott maintain his place? It would be hard to drop him. Yeah, you can't... Like this... I mean, frustratingly, the the, the conversation's probably not going to come up because Tim Krull's out for the season. 
He's not likely going to be back. If Tim Krull was fit for the, the Chelsea game, would I pick him? No, I'd probably keep Elliot in. But if, if we get absolutely home to... Elliot, we said ages ago that Elliot hasn't really done anything wrong. But we have lost to quite a few games like 1-0 mm. or by one goal. And Tim Krull is more likely, in my opinion, to pull off the how the fuck did he do that save than Rob Elliot. Fair point. They've both got their problems. Tim Krull's kicking, yeah. I would say, is worse than Elliot's. And Elliot's isn't great. Yeah. But the number of Tim Krull, like long balls that go out for a throw is ridiculous. I never notice keepers kicking. They always say that about <laughs> keepers. People always used to say that about Given. Oh, his kicking's not that good. Never noticed. I'm always, really? I'll, it's something that I would repeat, you know, like, yeah, 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 totally, yeah, his kicking's not good. It really annoys me, like, bad kicking from a goalkeeper. Does you it? You just think, there's no excuse. It's like hitting the first man at a corner. Like, there's no excuse for that. But what's useful now is that because we've now got somebody who's playing in the centre... Um, we're more likely to be playing shorter balls to them. So the the kicking that was an issue with Kroll, with Shelby in the centre, shouldn't be as much of an issue yeah. because instead of trying to hit big blocks of space behind their fullbacks or at their fullbacks, he's able to just knock it forward to one of the centre halves who can then quickly find uh, Shelby or check Teote. Where the hell is Ebi? Yeah. Right, suddenly. Sorry. Last we knew, Czech Teote <laughs> was off to China. He was revising his Mandarin lessons, <laughs> last we'd heard. <laughs> Suddenly, he's back in the first team, scoring his customary <laughs> <laughs> disallowed screamer. Poor Teote. Yeah. Two he's, of those in one career is ridiculous. That is amazing. He scored three goals for us, all of them screamers. <laughs> one of them allowed. allowed. I have to say though that the Man City goal shouldn't have been uh, should have been allowed. This one, kind of understand. Yeah, why no, this one without this one, a doubt. Yeah, was yeah. it was correct in my just, opinion that it was just. Yeah, I think the referee got it right. Yeah, Mitrovic but was right in front of the keeper. But still, what makes it so much worse is that he looks so happy <laughs> <laughs> when he scores these screamers. Yeah. I mean, he runs away like what's that famous Italian player in the um, oh, the World Cup, the first one? Is it? It's 1982 World yeah, Cup, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know. Look it up. Oh. That famous one where he runs or away. Or Maradona when he was still massively into coke in one of the world. <laughs> yeah, USA '94. Yeah. yeah, yeah, where he's just <laughs> screaming in that camera. <laughs> yeah, Tio just absolutely loves it, and then inevitably it's choked off. He never gets a tap in, does he? No, I have to say that that our second that our second goal that the our goal came fairly quickly after that, almost immediately. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a godsend because that's the kind of moment that can completely change a game. If if we if we'd like not if if Mitrovic had got through and not scored, then the pressure builds yeah. and it's not our day and it's the not number good. of games we've had recently where it's like you're just thinking it's not going to go in today. Yeah, it could have easily turned well, into one of those. Uh, Mitrovic, like you have to give credit to um, uh, Ben Foster in their goal. He had a good game. I, I think that yeah. there, there were a couple of. A couple of saves that he made that were quite um, standard, but the, the there save were no in the first like, five minutes. No, no, the one he the, the first one against Mitrovic, where it's um, coming, it's headed back across, and Mitrovic puts it in at a very sharp angle, and Ben Foster gets the the hand, 
very quickly up and around and gets it around the, the far post. Mm. And that was an amazing save. And I don't they, think that's given, been given Well, there was credit. another one, the, the one that was uh, guilt-edged, is that the phrase? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chance where Mitrovic was, very, was in the six-yard box. Mm. And um, I don't think I would particularly blame Mitrovic Mitrovic for that one because there was just a, a gap between the keeper and the defender yeah. for him to bang it into and he hit it at pace but Foster just got there yeah I think yeah. that's the one I'm talking about the, oh is it okay early, fine early yeah, yeah yeah fine <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a more glaring miss Wijnaldum's header yeah, right, that yeah. Was, but back to Tio sorry yeah, I yeah. don't know if you read Don Hutchinson had a really good column in the Chronicle I think it was today or yesterday mm. just saying like Teote has finally stopped trying to be Kabai. And he's just doing what he used to do, sitting in front of the back four, yeah. mopping things up, not trying to get forward too much. I mean, is, this, is this recent runner form, uh, please don't send me to China? <laughs> <laughs> well, their transfer please. window is still open, worryingly. Yeah. I think there's another three weeks. How does that work? So if their transfer window's open, so he could we still can go. sell to them? Yeah. yeah. He's not firmly with us yet, which is a worry, because I think he... Him and Shelby look like our best midfield partnership God, by yeah. a distance yeah, at the yeah, moment. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine... I mean, that's a, over the course of a couple of games. I mean... Yeah. For, but then to suddenly he, say Teote's no, 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 the player if, he was. Or, but he's looking like the player he was in a way that he's not... in. Like the last few seasons, it's not like he's had the odd game like that. He's been consistently poor. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been consistently, as, as you and Don Hutchison are saying, overreaching. We've got a united front on this, <laughs> me, me and Don. But I, I think the, the key thing is because we've often said that Anita and Teote and Colback all seem to do the same job. And when you put them in a, in a central midfield partnership together, it's not, a, it's not creative, it's not, yeah. it's not constructive. With Teote and Shelby, I think... Chiote is definitely our best central defensive midfielder when he's playing mm. well. I don't think Anita and Colback are. So I think that's, that's, the, that's the, the partnership I'd use going forward. Okay, well, that, that probably We're at the mercy of Chiote is off to China. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, and if, you, if there's one country you don't want to be at the mercy of... <laughs> Well, it's interesting it, because, it's like, the country with the second largest military in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they'll help in bringing him over? The, mili- well, the military. I think, military I think it would yeah. take the military if Czech Well, he famously won't fly on any aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, for all of you who are irritated by the fact that I've just said that the second biggest military. I can hear people switching up. They're currently Googling. No, I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure that's. <laughs> No, you're right. It's probably not true. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, uh, what else about the game? Well, One, Mitrovic oh. scored a goal, and it was a well-taken goal, correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah Correct? Yeah. Yes. It yeah. was correctly? <laughs> yes. It was a well-taken goal. <laughs> Quickly, yes. 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 It was. Uh, I just feel like before we move on, we should acknowledge to Mitrovic, if he's listening. Yeah. Well done. You mad I, I have to... You know your love affair with CMD on? Yes. I've got the same kind of just irrational affection for, for Mitrovic because for all he's got well, his I've flaws... I've got that as well. Yeah, for all he's got his flaws, I bloody love that bloke. Like, when he's on the pitch, when he's giving interviews, when he's, I don't know, probably when he's wandering around Ikea picking up a chair, I just think he's a mad bastard and I love him. It feels yeah. like he's got a lot of heart. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. My love affair with CM Dion is more like the English patient. It's like a heavily <laughs> injured man <laughs> all on death's door. So you're Juliet Binoche. Yes. That... <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more misery. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. No, that's the other way around. That would mean you're directly responsible for it. Well, yeah. he is injured. Well, that's a just lot. fate yeah. that's responsible for his many injuries. I thought Midrovic had a. A, another really good game and I'm delighted that he added a goal to it to his game but I think that his all round game was, was superb some of the some of the our counter attacks were really good against West Brom and I think a lot of that were they were going through Mitrovic and he was a little a little sidestep and a pass through two players and suddenly Vinaldum's cleaned through not cleaned through but like yeah, cleaned through to the next phase it was I, th- I thought he had a blinding game so uh, Teote was back mm-hmm. from the dead as was Stephen Taylor who yeah. was amazing I who, thought yeah suddenly oh yeah we've got another it's like defender. a new signing <laughs> well he always seems to do well when he comes back but he'll have three games and then be out for six months yeah he's had more the, the only player that uh, in the last like 20 years who've had more injuries than him is Shoulder Amiobi wow everybody else is just I mean there's no, one, no there's one player who's rapidly catching him up <laughs> <laughs> Paul who's that well Sam Young's had more Types of injuries, and he's had more novelty injuries. Do you reckon he's just got a medical handbook and he's just flicking through it and going, "I'll go with that one this time." I just think he's a, a very punctured lung for man. fuck's sake. Two punctured I mean, lungs, yeah, a poked eye, and a partridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else do you want to? I one go thing on, on, that that game brought out for me, tactically, sort of going forward, I'm not sure what our strongest way of playing is because I. The problem is 4-4-2 brings out the best in Perez and presumably with Dumbia because I think having Mitrovic up front is a very good talisman who we can actually get the ball up to and can hold it up. Yeah. But Wijnaldum has shown he is clearly at his best in that number 10 role. Yeah. Which means one up top, presumably. Yeah. What do you think is our... If everybody's fit, what is our strongest lineup and formation? Because right. I would argue for two up top and Wijnaldum either on the left if we're away from home. See, uh, away from home, I think we need to play a f- like a 4-3-1. 4-3-2-1. Uh, and bench four, a few four, players. 4-2-3-1, three, three, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I, I think that... Um, Excuse me. That's all right. Because uh, I think we need, we, we need the, the, the more... The, the more, more populated centre of midfield. I think at home, yeah, we could probably go four four two because we're likely to, to, to want to stretch the play a bit more and, and we don't mm. need it as compact. And at that point, yeah, I'd play four four two. But then it's, who do you drop? Because if you drop Vinaldum, he's our top goal scorer and he's always a goal threat. He had a bad game against West Brom, I fear, um, but he's definitely still a goal threat. And I think he would have been replaced earlier had we been um, more than a goal to the good. Uh, you can't really drop Townsend. Um, no, but then so if you're playing, do you have Perez and Dumbia both on the bench? Do you think? Well, it was interesting because Peter Beardsley described Dumbia as being like Tino Espria. Really, which is what, scary black. For me. <laughs> He's black. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know what. 
I don't know how Dumbia is going to fit in because Mitrovic, like you say, is... I think he has to be alongside Mitrovic from what you sort of see of him. It could just be that Dumbia has been picked up to, to be an impact sub because of his the, the pace that he's purported to have. Maybe. It could be one of those strikers that we seem to get on loan who we never, ever <laughs> see play. Who was Rossi that? Ferreira. Ferreira. Ferreira, yeah. Ferreira yeah. We had Giuseppe Rossi yeah. and didn't yeah. play him. Like yeah. One of the best strikers in Europe like on his day. So here's a thought looking over this weekend's football, which mm-hmm. I enjoyed greatly. Yeah. And when you think about the fact that the current bookies' favourite to win the Premier League is Leicester City. Yeah. And we're the biggest spenders yeah. in the transfer window, the most recent transfer window. Leicester City, they've got Danny Simpson at right back. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this. But like, are we, have they, we been thinking create... about the things in the wrong way? Where it's like, oh, we need to buy this player, we need to buy this player. What they've done, mm. obviously they've bought some good players, but they're playing within their limits and they're playing a very... That's the thing that Leicester have that we don't, is a manager who knows the team's limitations and a team that seems to know their own limitations and strengths, Mm. and they set up completely around that. I would have thought, I mean, I am no expert. I'm no Steve McLaren. But I would have thought that the way Leicester play is a way that we could play. In In terms of... They've got a lot of pace. Up. They, they, they play... They don't have a lot of possession, right? Mm. And they play the counter-attack yeah. with a lot of pace. I think away from we home have. we should start moving more towards that, especially with Townsend. The, the big difference is that we don't have a lot of pace up front until Dumbia. Mm. Like, I don't know. Like, he's supposed to be rapid. But Mitrovic, he's not that quick. Like, he's quick enough that you don't think he's slow, but he's not got lightning pace. Whereas Jamie Vardy is lightning quick. And Perez, not that quick. What they've got is... We've got Sissoko and Wijnaldum. Yeah. You're right. Maybe we don't have a striker who's fast. Well, Dumbia is meant to be very quick. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's why he was... All I'm saying is, if Steve McLaren would just listen to me, (laughs) then we would be top of the Premier League. Just play a counter-attack. The other thing that you look at the Leicester side and, and... they're getting really good performances from quite average players. Like Danny Simpson, you brought him up earlier. He's, n- he's not as good a right-back as Daryl Yanmat. Positionally, he backs off players too much. Um, going forward, Yanmat's a lot better. The difference is, as you mentioned, Paul, Ranieri's got them playing in such a way that Simpson isn't overexposed and Christian Fuchs on the other side, yeah. he's, a, he's a decent left-back. but They've he's got not work rate in yeah. all the players, so they cover each other. Albrighton is... I mean, he was released from Aston Villa. Um, I can't remember where he went to after Aston Villa. He might have gone straight to Leicester, but he, he, was, he, he left Aston Villa. And now he's playing for the team from top of the league. Mark Albrighton's not that good. No, it's, and- it's, I would say it's most of this season is you've got to credit Ranieri keeping them fit, keeping them healthy, keeping them playing the right way and approaching games in the correct way. Like, playing away at Man City and going hell for leather, that's the way you've got to play against Man City when you've got strikers who can finish. Yeah. That's the way you've got I to do it. I love it. I think it's so exciting. Oh, it's and great. I think, and I think it's a bit of a wake-up call for football in general. That I think 
You've got your exceptional players like Cristiano Ronaldo or whoever. And Aguero and players like that. Sure, yeah. but like there's a lot of players who there isn't that much difference between them in, in terms of uh, natural ability. Yeah. They've just had opportunities to play under a system and there's a, there's a confidence yeah. and form and psychologically, you know, is Mares was like 400,000. So mm. it's obviously the footballing world didn't see in him what he's been able to produce. Well, some of them just is, develop later as well. If you true. develop early as a footballer, suddenly you're never going to be worth less than 20 mil. Like Daniel Sturridge will be worth a lot of money for the rest of his career if he stays. Yeah, and sure, he's, he bangs free. in the goal when he's fit, but he's rarely fit. With, with Mares. But you'd rather have Jamie Vardy up front than. Sturridge you would, but the then it, it was an absolute punt that De- Jamie Vardy mm. would make it in the Premier League because, I mean, he was picked up from Fleetwood Town. And yeah. he's just but he's it can't be, up an, up it up can't up be an accident that all these players together, that they've just got lucky that they bought all these players cheap have just turned out to be brilliant. Well, it's, I think it's Ranieri just playing... Well, he didn't buy most of those players, did he? No, so but he's... Fitted the entire team around what yeah. suits the team best for mm. them. We're, compare that to McLaren. I still get the impression McLaren doesn't really know the way he wants us to play or his strongest eleven. Uh, one thing you can say for the Leicester players is that they are they're athletes and all the rest of it, but they're consistent. You rarely see Riyad Mahrez having a stinker, like even though that's that's a position and a, a style of play that traditionally you'd expect them to have like to drift in and out of games or to drift in and out of fixtures like he he just doesn't seem to he seems to consistently produce I think they've just it's it's they've like gelled. it's brilliant i think it's like bob dylan in the early 1960s they've just <laughs> they're on they're on they've form they've gone electric traitor they're on form they've they've found a groove you know it's like <laughs> yeah but you know, like 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 Prince in the in the mid eighties. Yeah. You know, sometimes just, yeah. they're just prolific. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when they're just so much yeah. confidence. But then you also that they to... can't help but be amazing. Yeah. But you also have to look at for all they're having a great season, and all credit to them. Then they're, they're not like uh, they are playing well and they're, they're winning games. But nobody else wants to win the league this year. Traditional heavyweights, Man U, Liverpool, Chelsea are all having, by their standards, a shit season. Spurs look likely to finish above Arsenal because Arsenal keep spursing it up, bizarrely. Man City... Everything's gone mad. Everything's gone mad. Everything's gone, except for, you know, Newcastle, Sunderland being at the bottom. But apart from from the relegation battle, everything is bizarre. And I love it. It, It's brilliant. Something to be... uh, Something to point out, I think, is that Leicester have been buying a lot of players f- from the Championship, from lower leagues. Right. And some other teams have been getting good bargains from the lower leagues. Mm-hmm. And we have, in recent years, always been looking abroad. Yeah. Or we've... in the Premier League. And except for, I don't know, Ben Tozer and Ivan Tony And Jamal Lassell and Carl Dorlo. Okay, that's a good point. Well, we did too. try to buy Deli Alley as well. Yeah, we did try. Yeah. Did we actually try for yeah. Deli Alley? Yeah, yeah. I think we bid about he, 4 million, but you wanted he, to get he chose. I, I get your point, though. There is, there is value to be had in the lower leagues. There, there definitely are. I think the difference is if they're fancied in the lower leagues, like, for, for example, you look at a player like Will Hughes of Derby. A couple of years ago, 
he was touted as he is the next big player. He's a central midfielder. He's a, they were talking about him moving to Liverpool for like 15 million when he was an 18-year-old kid yeah. and he'd only played a couple of seasons. It's that. That's what turns people off the, the, the English lower leagues is if but you are said, fancied, by, But by the same token, there are other players that you can get quite cheaply like Jamie Vardy for 1 million. There are, but... The difference the bad, is, yeah, I think it's under 21 caps. As soon as you have a few of those, suddenly your value shoots up and they think you're going to be the next big thing. But the good thing about this season, I think, for our transfer policy is we've stayed away in the past from English players because there is that perceived lack of value. Hmm. And we're all about making money on transfers. And now that it's been shown that, that can, you can buy English players and make money, yeah. Then I think well, we someone might like go I'll always go on about him because I used to see him regularly when I used to go to Leighton Orient regularly. But Charlie Daniels, who's at Bournemouth, yeah. at left back, now he'll probably he would probably be uh, ten million or something. I don't know about that much, but he yeah, yeah. he would be, he'd be probably be yeah. like overpriced. But a couple of years ago, I would have. I always felt like he was a Premier League left-back mm. in waiting. But he's come up through the leagues slowly with no big transfer fees. No. Yeah. And that's someone that I would have... It's felt like Newcastle have, would have just overlooked over the years. I think what it is as well, because of the amount of money in the Premier League, the big clubs now, if they start to falter, they'll buy a player in. They won't go for one of their kids by and large yeah. so there's a lot of these kids who are in like the big teams youth systems who have got a lot of promise and then don't make it for that reason well we um, had some um, kids we had some up. kids on the bench on saturday didn't we yeah um none of them played did they nope. no are they meant to be any good these kids i suppose you don't really know until you see them do i you? mean no. bar laser was on the the bench and He's been mentioned a couple of times in, in reports about the, the, the youth, youth team. But the rest of them I haven't really heard anything about. I, it's, it's desperation that we're, we're going to the... I mean, but we do... I think that would be, it would be good to see them if... Yeah, if they put, what I fear for them is if Steve McLaren doesn't really know what system he's playing, then you're in trouble. Hmm. But if they were coming into a squad where there's uh, a specific system that they know that they're playing then maybe yeah I think with our youth team at the moment and Rolando Owens is kind of proof of this if you have if you can control a ball even slightly with a left foot and have even thought about playing in defence <laughs> you'll probably get a game in the premiership for us because yeah. we're that short there would you rather Leicester won the Premier League and we went down or, I know this seems a ridiculous question, you're frowning, I've Dave. I've already got my answer. Or, Man City won the Premier League and we stayed up. Well, the other thing, I would rather we stay up. Yeah. But... I sort of The problem really is, I think it might... I think Spurs are going to be in that title race at the end. And Spurs' last game of the season is away at us. So, we could stay up and give the title to Leicester... In, a, in an amazing afternoon. But I, I think I've said, I said, to, I said we to, might, that we might need a result on the last day of the season ourselves. I said oh. to Fergus before that um, Leicester have got Chelsea on the final game of the season. So mathematically, <laughs> Leicester could win the league and relegate Chelsea on the same day. 
mathematically. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I think more I realistically, love, Spurs could win the league and relegate us. On to the be honest, day. I, I, in any other season, I'd probably hate Spurs winning the league because um, they're, they're like it's that weird thing where we're roughly in the same. We until recently been roughly in the same kind of bracket, in bracket terms of as them size of yeah, club, size yeah. and. Uh, um, but the football that they're playing this year and the. The, the young English core that they've got and Pochettino's affable, Harry Kane's affable. Um, you know, there's nobody on the team where you're like, oh, well, Deli Ali's got a bit of needle on the pitch, but apparently I like he's a lovely him, though. He off, the, off nice. the pitch. They're quite likeable. And for a Spurs team, that's really weird for me. So if the, if the first two at the end of the season is Leicester and Spurs, I'll be delighted. Great stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just feel like we're, if we keep staying up, we're just destined to like be Limbaugh. perennial seventeenth, yeah. and I—I I mean, I don't know if I really want this, but I did quite enjoy that championship season. It was a good and season. like a bit of a refresher. Yeah, sorted out the season after we were in the championship. We finished fifth. It was the season after we finished fifth, right? Yeah, but we had that core of players who were sort of suited to the championship. We had like Nolan, Barton, hmm. Carroll, Taylor. Taylor. Well, you never yeah. know. Let's, give, the, let's the, give our players the chance <laughs> to prove. The big problem with relegation for us this time, well, same as last time, I don't know why we've done this. None of the new players we've signed have got relegation wage That's drop clauses. Insane. Amazing. And considering we did that last time, we didn't learn a lesson from it. So if we go down, we'll be financially screwed. And also, and, the, and the, the football landscape's changed so much that getting back into the Premier League is going to be a lot harder because the, play, the, the teams that, have been rele- that get relegated with us and the teams that were relegated like a couple of seasons before, and all, like, it's going to be a lot harder to get back up. Yeah. Especially if we don't bounce up the very next season. If no. we're down there for a couple of seasons, we're in trouble. Alright, mm. you've persuaded me. I don't want us to go down. <laughs> and I think at least, I mean, I know we had so many windows where we didn't spend any money, but our ambition up to a point in the transfer market suggests that we're not content with being where we are every season. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it's been an, <laughs> we've, it's been an interesting pod. We've, we've talked a bit more about the broader footballing landscape, uh, the, m- more so than we usually do. So, this weekend we're playing Chelsea. Not this weekend. We've got a long break. No, we have. We're playing this weekend. Oh, no, it is this weekend. We've got 20 Wake up, Paul. Wake up. This Saturday, it's the late game. Playing Chelsea. Uh, We are playing Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Yes. Paul, considering you didn't know that this game was happening until five (laughs) seconds ago, it's unfair to spring it on you. But what is your prediction? Given our away record, I just can't see us winning. I think 2-0 loss. 2-0 loss, says Paul. Dave? Oh, I hate this because actually in most seasons we've got a decent record at, at, against Chelsea. Yeah, that's when, that's when Mourinho's manager. No, even before then we were all right. Um, we did okay against them. Uh, but we are absolutely abject away from home. They're on a good run and they are looking for points, like all three points in every game they play. Coming back after a stirring like last-minute equaliser against Man U, I can't disagree with Paul. It's going to be a 2-0, 2-0 loss. 
2-0 sounds pretty good, but I'm mm. going to say 3-1 Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> 3-1 Chelsea. Hopefully we'll score a goal. But then after that, they go on holiday, going to La Manga. Well, yeah. we're, we're going to play a, a friendly against Lidestrom yes. right? in yeah. Spain. So. Should we that go? sounds like a Should name that was made up or just dictated drunk. Lidestrom. Lidestrom. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, all right, and I should ask what has become uh, a regular feature of this season's podcast. What percentage chance do you think we have of going down Paul Doolan? I'm going to say 35. I think just looking... This weekend has shown that there is some real shit around us at the bottom. We're not out of it by any stretch. I think we'll lose. We could still be back in the bottom three this weekend. But Norwich looks so dodgy. Swansea as well have had a few good results, but they've been against some teams that they should really be beating. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're out of it. Dave? Uh, I'll agree with Paul again. I'd say about 35%. 35%. There's 13 games left, and I I think we need 20... No, not 26, like 16 points. 15, 16 points. We're on 24 up. now, so that would be to take us up to the traditional 40 points. Yeah. Oh, so, so Which should be like, enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. so then I think, I think that'll be enough. Like, we, I think we'll get that at home because I think we've got a good, a good run of home fixtures that we can pick up points and we might, get a, you know, we might beat um, like Villa and we might beat... Um, the big ones are going to be sort of Sunderland Norwich. at home, Norwich yeah. away. Norwich away is a big one. Well, Sunderland at home will lose that bitch won't we <laughs> but then you've got to look at their fixtures as well and Norwich and Sunderland and I think Bournemouth have got quite a difficult run in um, I'm just, I'm just looking at 13. I'm just looking at the bottom of the table now yeah Norwich Sunderland Villa are all in the bottom three and it would be hard to argue that they're not the three favourites to go down as it stands but we're only one point ahead of Norwich yeah Bournemouth, I don't think they'll go down. They're on they 28 like they've points. They've turned a corner, I think. And Swansea, I think we're favourites for 17th. But one team always gets dragged into it. That's what they always say, isn't it? Yeah, but, but we're I sort c- of, we've been in it the whole yeah. time. Well, West that, Brom. Yeah, I was going to say West yeah, Brom. West Brom I'm, I'm not be, just um, saying this, but Palace are on an absolutely awful run of form. Um, it, could be, it could be somebody... They're, they're close to like 29 points. I think, I think Palace like are on like 31 or something, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I'm going to say 40% chance of us going down. I was going to say 50-50. Okay. But, but I'm we've, gonna we've say talked you around. We've talked, You've you talked me around. Yeah. 40%. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Paul Doolan, for Thank your time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dave Watson. Thanks, guys. My name is Fergus Craig. Next week... Yeah. We might do some kind of special again because we'll be we after don't. the Chelsea game. We'll have the Chelsea game to talk it's about. The, it's the week after. All right. Well, we might have a so, special coming up at some point. Yeah. So if you've got any ideas for the special, anything you want us to talk about or anything even you want though, to ask us or yeah. anything like that. Even though we ignored all your ideas for the special last I time. I didn't ignore them. No, I, I did. I took them to my heart. Maybe we should have, seen as the team's going to be there, a La Manga Memories special. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about Keith Gillespie and those two other Leicester players who got arrested there. Yeah, I don't think Gather we Gaza destroying Glenn Hoddle's dressing room. 
or hotel room. Wow, was that in La Manga? Yeah, well? there's a lot happened there. I think we right, could. Okay, well, look out for our La Manga members <laughs> <laughs> podcast about ex Newcastle United players getting into legal trouble. <laughs> Sounds excellent. In La Manga. Okay. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.